0: On this month's episode of Digital Signage Digest, we discuss the current state of the Digital Signage Channel and how two major AV trade shows, Infocom 2020 and Digital Signage Expo, are rewriting the show floor experience in the age of social distancing. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This This is AV AV Nation. Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Digital Sinus Digest, episode number 15, Virtual Football. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Peerless AV, driving technology through innovation. I'm Marlene and this is Digital Signage Digest, the Avery Nation TV show that looks at the news and issues of the digital signage market. On this episode of Digital Signage Digest, I'm joined by Sean Wargo, of VIX's Senior Director of Market Intelligence, to examine the state of digital signage as we move through the COVID-19 pandemic and what the channel will look like post-crisis. And later in the show, DSE's Chris Gibbs will join me to talk about the organization's new virtual event in partnership with the RAV Agency and what we should expect from Digital Signage Expo in September. Joining me now is Sean Wargo. Sean, welcome to the show. It's great to have you here.
1: Great to be here. Thanks for inviting us.
0: It's my pleasure. I really look forward to hearing all of Avix's plan for the coming months. But you know, looking at the entire AV industry. The entire business world is undergoing changes and shifts of focus as we all deal with the coronavirus. What changes have you observed in this channel as we go through this crisis?
1: You know, first and foremost, we really have to call out the the, the stark reality of retraction. So we do a survey every week. We started it uh, about the beginning of March just to look at how the pandemic and and stay-at-home orders, et cetera, were impacting our business and and clearly the the message is loud and clear. As you might expect, uh, providers have been negatively negatively impacted. Are uh, pulling back on staff as a result of revenue declines, and digital signage is certainly a part of that. You know, as digital signage is really about that in-person experience. And so as many parts of the economy have gone into this lockdown mode, uh, it's been harder to reach consumers. And so signage projects have been uh, um, negatively impacted as well. Um, Of course, it'll be interesting to see how signage changes. And I I think there are some opportunities there that I know we'll talk about today. Uh, Hopefully that's by Q3 or so that we start to see projects return. But first and foremost is is kind of that pullback uh, on projects uh, for the time being as we wait for reopenings.
0: What are some resources, you know, business education and otherwise, that integrators who specialize in digital signage can tap into to get through this crisis? So I know that you know we, there is that decline. It is a face-to-face service. So, what are some things that you've seen? I've seen you know the giving away of free templates and so on. But mm-hmm. how how do you how have you seen digital signage uh, integrators manage? the nature of their integration projects with this, you know, basic social distancing.
1: Sure. Yeah. I think, you know, when you have a situation where you've got uh, staff kind of on the sidelines, business on hold, projects on hold a little bit, what companies are doing is getting creative about tooling up their skill sets uh, to prepare themselves. Uh, once things reopen, that they're ready to go, they're talking to their clients to make sure that they're kind of keeping up with the changes in their interests and needs and, and demands. Um, But they're taking advantage of resources like AVIXA's education uh, track. Members of AVIXA now have open access to all of our education classes, et cetera, to be able to build skills. You know, and it's going to be in, in areas where we had already known there was interest. Uh, AV over IP is an example. So being able to optimize content and networks for audio, video content uh, distribution over them, of which di- digital signage is, of course, just one point of consumption in that chain. So I think that's part of it is they're, they're learning more and more about some of the newer technologies uh, so that they're ready to go as demand reopens, they're positioned kind of with a uh, uh bated breath and open arms, uh, waiting for that that to happen. Uh, but certainly, a lot of good resources out there in the form of training, etc. Online conferences too will present them opportunities. Um, talking to experts online, uh, listening to research presentations like the ones we've been we've been doing as well are all ways of kind of keeping up with how things might be shifting and learning about where there's opportunities as demand reemerges.
0: Right. Um- I know that we've talked a lot about AV as an essential service, and there, there's quite a there's still quite a few integration firms that are working, even as we mm-hmm. do these uh, social distancing and stay-at-home orders. Uh, do you see digital signage as an essential service? And what are some innovative ways that you've seen digital signage employed to help join this crisis?
1: Sure, absolutely. Digital signage plays a crucial role in communicating with consumers. Um, You know, we used to think of that primarily in terms of being in a venue and having information that helps us navigate, uh, get information that we need. So when we're traveling, um, in store, etc. So we can think of lots of ways in the past where digital signage played an important role in those in-person experiences. And that's still true, uh, even as we're in in a lockdown mode you can think of a lot of examples in public spaces along highways i've seen uh, signs pop up to convey uh, safety information personal safety public safety information in transportation hubs in stores that are still open like uh, essential retailers grocery pharmacy etc so clearly digital signage plays an important part there i think while we wait for other aspects of the economy to open what we're hearing about from the provider base is companies taking a hard look at reimagining their space and how they might deploy technologies like digital signage and, and collaboration technologies within it. I think what, what could be interesting to see is how digital signage and, and collaboration technologies start to blend in the future to where we now utilize signage to both uh, provide information out, but then gather it back. So that kind of two-way interaction that had been on more of the cutting edge of digital signage in the past, whether that's touch or maybe more voice and gesture. You know, we're in, in an era now where people are perhaps a little bit more concerned about uh, touching surfaces uh, to avoid transmission. So that may escalate the need for more uh, distant types of interaction, voice, and gesture. So I think those are ways in which you'll see signage uh, kind of evolve and uh, become an important part in sort of in, in venues, and we'll see how companies kind of adapt and change the way they utilize signage into other technology in the future
0: it seems that out of crisis we always you know we do have the stress and strain of being in crisis but out of crisis there always seems to be new innovations that come out of it if not just out of necessity to reevaluate how we interact with the wider world around us um and i i really like to hear that maybe gesture and voice will play a bigger role. We've been talking about that for a really long time, but we haven't really seen it manifested in a, in a global way. Mm -hmm. How do you think, oh, go ahead, please. No,
1: yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. I think, um, you know, I guess the saying is desperation is the mother or necessity is the mother of, of creativity. But um, yeah, I'd say this is a situation where we have the push and the need to think creatively and in different ways. It's a matter of survival in some cases, businesses looking to adapt to new market reality. But I absolutely agree. This is, this is a great time to be looking at. Uh, new and creative ways of, of, of deploying technology, and we're being asked to do that uh, by the situation itself. We're being required to do that by the situation.
0: Being forced to be creative, how should digital signage integrators then strategize now to step into next year with more confidence and new opportunities? This is this is having a vision of a post pandemic mm. uh, career, you know, business, and further, in what areas will the channel be stronger? once this crisis has come to an end?
1: Yeah, it's 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 a difficult it's a difficult thing to manage when you're when the reality of your business is, you know, cash is obviously king, being able to have cash to be able to uh to continue operations. And so for some form, firms there isn't the luxury of being able to say, you know, we're going to we're just going to use this time to innovate and train uh because in fact they have no revenues, they can't get funding and they're having to lay off their staff as a result. But for those that are are able to pivot a bit Listen to customers and hear how demands are shifting in their space. Uh, Even as projects are on hold, maybe it's it's a chance to move upstream a bit into the conversation around design and how technology is going to be best deployed in the space instead of just being relegated to bring it in, install it, and maybe support it. It's now how do you best integrate it and utilize it. So I think having those conversations during this time, as we're talking about getting new skills during this time helps position a company uh, so that as we emerge uh, as we noted you know some are optimistic it's q3 which is right in time hopefully for uh, retail investments and projects in digital signage to kind of pick back up and prepare for the holidays Uh, but i think however we can uh, bring in some of that that new skill maybe new talent uh, maybe new partners um, is how we, we emerge from this. So it's it's working together. It's the thing we've always said is you know thinking as a community, um, looking looking out to others, listening to customers, it's continuing to network. Um, not treating social distancing as literally social isolation, um, but really tr- still maintaining that opportunity to talk, which is, you know, really why trade shows too are looking at going virtuals because we want to facilitate that kind of interaction and networking um, even even while we are in a situation where we can't meet in person.
0: Absolutely. It's what AV Nation felt was really important when we uh designed and presented the, lead, the Learn From Home uh, mm-hmm. Summit in the past two weeks. So let's talk about virtual virtual events then. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk about the planning. I know that it is in the planning stages of Infocom 2020 Connected, which is a virtual presentation of the June show that we know was canceled because of coronavirus. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what you and the Avixa team anticipate will emerge from the show for the industry at large? Um, in terms of how this rewrites the idea of a trade show
1: sure it's 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 a brave new world in a lot of ways and i think what it's doing is accelerating trends that we may have seen already so it' um, literal face it might seem like just virtual uh, conversion you know taking a trade show and converting it into a virtual experience but clearly it's it's so much more than that. Ultimately, there's no real way to bring to life every aspect, every presentation, every in-person interaction uh, that you would get in person uh, when you bring that online. But Fortunately, we've got a great community of uh, professionals who are providing input now are helping us to kind of think about what are the bas- best aspects that we could bring in on- online. That's things like still enabling uh, communal networking, you know, live Q&A, um, getting creative about how you do trade show, the product demonstration aspect of a trade show, that exhibit floor on a- in a more virtual environment. That's perhaps one of the biggest challenges of all. You know, our technologies are in-person technologies. They're, they're lighting, sound, display that we had meant to consume in person. So you'd argue they're best to um, be seen and demoed in person. But we're getting creative about that and hope to uh, bring some of that experience online as well. So more to come, obviously, as we uh, develop and roll it out uh, in the June, in the very rapid fashion for June I can tell you one of the highlights of my week will be I'm doing a presentation on our new uh, industry sizing research, the 2020 IOTA. That'll be the highlight of, of the week for me, for sure.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you for joining me on the show, Sean. I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you've been res- really busy with the impact surveys and planning index, uh, um, Sorry, planning Infocom. Mm. Um, so I know. It, it, thank you for just giving me a little bit of, of your time.
1: You're, you're welcome. You're very uh, welcome. How can listeners find you on, online? Sure. Uh, uh, personally, well, you can con- certainly come to our avixa.org site for more information about our surveys, uh, research, COVID-19 uh, activities, Infocom online. If you have questions for me, certainly reach out to me at swargo, S-W-A-R-G-O, at avixa.org. Uh, and come participate in our surveys, too, avip.avixa.org, if you'd like to contribute some of your perspective uh, to what's going on in your business during this, during this time.
0: Thank you so much, Sean. Good luck with planning Infocom 2020 Connected.
1: Thank you very much.
0: Digital Signage Expo has been rescheduled for September 15th through the 18th, a necessary shift from its regular March-April slot due to COVID-19. Joining me now is Digital Signage Expo's Chris Gibbs to talk about the ins and outs of rescheduling the Expo, as well as the organization's upcoming virtual event launch week in partnership with the RAVE Agency. Thank you for joining me again, Chris. It's always good to see you.
2: My pleasure, Lenora. Thanks for having me.
0: So the last time we spoke was in February when, mm-hmm. you know, the devastating effects of COVID-19 were still playing out globally. Um, DSE 2020 was eventually postponed. And so many of our, you know, so many of our industry events were a few weeks after that. How did you and the DSC planning team land on September? Is a good time to stage the expo, especially as CEDIA is the week before.
2: Well, when we were um, deciding to postpone the event, it was a I and mean, it was a race, right? So there was, we were kind of the, a little bit on the early side of making some of those changes uh, based on our event. I mean, our event. Uh, I think we well early, I guess is. Um, matter of opinion, uh, the event was scheduled for March 31st. I think it was March 11th or 12th when we actually pulled the trigger to do it. And in doing that, we had to work with the Las Vegas Convention Center um, Visitors Bureau to try and find a spot. So what you're dealing with is not only their very full schedule as the busiest convention city in the country, not only is their very busy schedule already in place for the fall, but then companies like ours we're doing the same thing. Saying, okay, let's postpone until this thing gets behind us. Um, so it was just kind of a race. And so they had uh, you know, a show our size is um, you know, a little easier than a, uh, a convention-wide show to be able to move. So you know, some of the larger shows that you're well, well aware of were forced to cancel because they could not move. Mm-hmm. There was literally not a spot open, not only in Vegas, but many other cities across the country. So we, you know, we were looking at different dates. There weren't a lot of dates really out there for us to choose from. It's not like we could just say, let's find a date and pick this date, right? So uh, of, of the uh, couple dates that were available, this was definitely the best one. It gave us enough breathing room, uh, roughly five and a half, six months from our um, original start date uh, for this to hopefully uh, you know, kind of come uh, you know, bend the curve, come down, and get people back to work and back into the workplace, and back yeah. to going to events, you know, live events. Um, you know, regarding uh, Cedia, um, I believe it's a week before us in Denver, I believe, mm-hmm. correct? Yes, that's yeah. right. And, you know, I had spoken with um, our vendors as well, and there's not a lot of crossover with our vendors, um, with Cedia. Um, some, but not a lot, and specifically our attendance, um, with, you know, digital signage being such a, uh, more of a niche kind of a solution. Um, you know, the end users we have coming to DSE aren't looking for digital signage solutions at Cedia, right? It's, it's a little bit of a different animal. Um, there'll be some crossover, I think, with some of the integration side on the AV integrators. Um, but I think the ones that are, you know, really, truly um, encompassing digital signage into their portfolio mm-hmm. are going to be, you know, the ones that are going to be planning to come to Vegas for DSC
0: right which is kind of like what leads into the second question is how have your exhibitors and attendees responded to the new date you're telling me that there's not a lot of crossover between CDA and DSE, which is which is probably true um mm-hmm. but um did they how do you how you what responses are you getting to it being scheduled for this time period
2: i'm getting very positive responses especially out of the gate um you know one of the um, thoughts are, and the, the, the thought or the plan is for DSE to continue in the fall. In other words, we're not going to move it to September. Then, you know, do another show in March. The thought oh, okay. is, okay, let's let's look at a new timing and a new schedule for DSE. So, that was really exciting for a lot of the exhibitors because the spring schedule, as you know, is you know is very very tight. There's a lot of events. In and around, it um, is a hectic time. Yeah, in and around our industry, where people are going boom, 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 they're going to light So the fall was really in our industry. Um, there's not there's not a lot of competing events or uh, events competing people's time. Um, I think it's a nice time uh, for people when they're kind of coming back out of the summer months and kind of getting back to work. There's a lot of new product launches that happen in the fall. Um, this coincides to a lot of buy cycles that we typically have not had when it comes to the end user base, such as retail, such as restaurants. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this affects that side of the business, because this is a, a whole different time of the year. Right. And um, so they're, they're excited about it. You know, they're, I've, not I haven't had vendors, I've had one vendor say, Oh, I can't believe we can move into September. We loved it in March. Um, they, they want this show to happen. You know, I mean, and many of our, many of our exhibitors, Lenore, know they, they count on an event like DSC for sales leads, right? And, you know, I think this year now more than ever, right? Because uh, right now, as you know, projects are tough. Manufacturers are having a hard time with all this shutdown. So when things get moving again and some of these projects that are postponed get back in gear and companies start, you know, looking at other opportunities, um, it's going to be key for um, the face-to-face meetings like trade shows, like what we do, Um for them to be able to you know grow their business right it always has been but i think now this year it'll be and moving forward more than ever
0: did you and the dsc team have to revamp the lineup or shift focus in any way to achieve the new date meaning did you have to make the show smaller mm-hmm. larger did some vendors fall away did you get new vendors coming on
2: a good question um so the hall we're in uh we were in the south um sorry. We are in the South Hall and now we're in the North Hall. Or I think we're in the North Hall and now we're in this South Hall. I can't remember which one. So we went from one part of the convention center to the other part of the convention center. Um, and the hall is very similar, but it's a little different in size. So it's a little narrower, slightly narrower than it was before. But luckily the way our floor plan is shaped, and I was just actually kind of snuck into the office today to do some floor plan work with some of my team, um, it's, it, it should be almost very similar floor plan to what it was before. it be a little narrower, but a very similar floor plan. Um, and we had one of our most successful shows at this, um, at, at this hall in 2000, I believe it was 18 for our 15th anniversary. So it's the top floor of the South hall next to the Renaissance. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's right now we're still kind of pulling and tweaking our floor plan together and then we'll be reaching out to all of our vendors saying, you know, you're, your spot is exactly where it was or your spot is 10 feet this way or wherever the changes are. Um, the only other difference could be you know, possibly some of the conference program depending on speaker availability and things like that. But those are logistics that my conference director is currently working through and um, I don't foresee that being a big problem. We actually released another call for speakers just in case we do have a speaker that can't make it in the fall. We'll be able to backfill them with other um, uh, opportunities. And we're getting really good response from that as well.
0: There's a little bit of a follow up to that first question is, have vendors reduced their space at all? So maybe if they had a larger booth, they've decided, hey, we're just coming out of this, you know, this very uncertain period of time, maybe we'll just keep it small do a few product previews, reviews, things like that.
2: Not yet. Not yet. I mean, they've paid for their space. By the time we were pulling the trigger for the show, they've paid in full for their space right now they if they would like to reduce the space on their own accord right to bring in you know less product or less space they have they can do that that's up to them but they have the footprint that they've already purchased
0: okay Uh, so as many of us have committed and adjusted to working and learning from home during the current crisis I suspect there will be some expectation of a virtual component to the fall show. Uh, Does, does your team have plans to have some aspect of the ESPO be virtual?
2: Uh, We're speaking, we're speaking about that and I'm talking with my conference director about that, especially from the conference portion, right? Um, It's the, the virtual event side of products is um, in my opinion is very hard to achieve virtually um, in, 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 it is face-to-face. So there could be some, um, you know, live streamed conference programs and things like that. We're still speaking with some companies about that and talking about it. Um, but, you know, the expectation is that in five months from now, um, I believe the world will look and feel a lot different than it does right now because <laughs> we're in the thick of it, right? And right now our everyone's crystal ball is, is very cloudy. It's very hard to see through to the future, right? And um, my opinion is as states, and I'm in Georgia, which is – um, in oh, the right now about about, be, about being pretty aggressive about opening um and, and maybe the governor's made some uh decisions that are uh you know a little controversial right now but you know i think the long and the short of it is um i i think i think companies need to get back to work when you get back to work safely um when you get back to work responsibly but you know i think the economic situation that we're in the longer that we go through this the, you know the the harder it's going to be for our economy and, and for you know organizations to rehire people that they may have furloughed or laid off and to get projects back, as long as it's done in a safe manner um, and you know with the CDC guidelines and the you know the gov- governments uh, guidelines. But you know, look, I think we're all anxious, right? And we're all uh, you know anxious about the situation and the, the time period. But I think we have to we have to really look at the look at the light at the end of the tunnel right? And know that we are going to come out of this and people will be together again and projects will kick off again and products will be sold again. <laughs> so, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic um, about the timing of our event. I think if we would have pushed it to like, you know, June or July, it'd be a much different situation. But I think when you get into the fall timeframe, you know, hopefully we've uh, made a lot more progress with this disease, and how and how to not only, you know, um, curtail it or you know antivirals and things like that, but also how do we safely um, produce an event like DSE? You know, so you know how are we going to do that? And those are things that we're investigating too. You know, how do we look at that? And how do we make sure people are safe that come to the show and that experience the show, both exhibitors and attendees?
0: Let me ask you a terrifying question. <laughs> What if we're not, what if we're not there in September?
2: Well, that's a hypothetical. So, you know, there's, I can, what if a lot of different things right now, our organization is planning to be there. Um, I think if, if, if the, um, if we're not back to work like that by September, I think everyone listening to this call, uh, including you and I are you know, a lot, a lot more trouble than we'd like to even think about. I think we, I think we're going to, we're going to have to figure that out and we're going to have to figure that out over the next coming weeks and months. Um, we're going to have to figure out a way to get our economy back and to get people back to working and selling. Um, it's, we've, we've been, what, shut down for five weeks, right? Um, if you multiply that on a x factor, five months, I mean, exponentially that affects our economy in my view. So I think, Everyone wants to get back, right, to some level. And, and you know, will the show be different? Will it change on a level, right? We're, there'll be other shows that co- are coming out before us. There's other shows coming out in August, yes. um, and we're going to learn from them and and see, you know, how they reacted and what the reaction was, and um, you know, produce uh, a great event that we feel we do every every year at DSE. And it's going to be a be a learning process, and then we'll restage it the following fall and continue to progress.
0: So on Tuesday, the SE announced launch week. You know, five days of virtual workshops, presentations, and sessions in partnership with the RAVE agency. Is it Rave or Rav? I think I'm pronouncing it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Rave. You can yeah. okay. <laughs> like, the, the CAPS, the CAP A B part just always gets me. Yeah. Uh, the Rave Agency, Digital Science Federation, and Zoom Communications. I'm mm-hmm. excited um, to start next week, April 27th. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about how this event came about and, and what you hope attendees will, well, what DSE's role is it is, is, you know how DSC is involved and what you hope attendees will take away from the week.
2: Yeah, so uh, Gary Kaye, who is the uh, CEO of the Rave Agency, reached out to me and uh, talked about his partnership with Zoom. So he's, he's been uh, working on this platform with Zoom. So it's not like he's just doing a Zoom call like we're doing. It's a much more robust, uh, interactive platform that he's been working with uh, Zoom with and described what he was trying to achieve and was really looking for um, some partnership with the content development um, from uh, the conference portion and so he came to us and our team um, And because of our expertise in the area and what we have to do every year, you know producing I don't know, 60 70 sessions and hundreds of speakers um, He came to us and said yeah. Hey, what do you think about this? This is what I'm trying to achieve and I thought it was an excellent idea because I think you know any way any time that we can um, You know stay engaged with our attendee audience uh, you know virtually Right. Face to face is optimal, but virtually as well, especially at a time like this is um, is something we should take advantage of and participate in. So we agreed to, to work with Rave. Um, so our role in it is is content of the program. So Helen Kong, our conference director, uh, pulled together their, their full program uh, with a keynote and a session and a panel. Um, and it's she did it how she did it so quickly but she did it within almost a week uh, based on her resources and her connections um, and she pulled together an excellent program so what we're going to be doing is <clears throat> basically um, just pull, it just is just I'll be introducing um, uh, part of the program uh, then we'll let the speakers go there'll be chats and things like that that questions that can be answered uh, during the program uh, there'll be um, sponsors that will have time in between the different sessions um, to go over either their own webinar or talk about their products things like that and then um, uh, we'll have uh, um, a panel session that'll be moderated by Helen Kong our uh, conference director and then I believe there's one other session and the, the program will wrap up so I think it's an excellent way for us to like I said stay engaged with our audience and so we're participating in the digital signage day um, there's three other days there's a Um, an AV day, and there's maybe an end-user day, maybe a corporate day. I can't believe the other one. But there's, I think, four different days or five different days for that week. So it's an exciting, uh, I think, venture, and I'm I'm looking forward to participating with uh, Gary and his team on it.
0: Awesome. Chris, thanks for talking with me today. I really appreciate you taking the time to come back and and walk us through what DSC is planning for the coming months. How can our listeners find you?
2: uh www.digitalsignageexpo.net or .com or dse2020.com
0: thanks so much chris
2: my pleasure thanks a
0: i'm lenore Aline and you can find me on twitter at lenore dsm for avi nation visit our website avination.tv. you'll find this show and a host of others While you're there, please visit our Supporters section. These are the companies that support us financially and help us bring you Digital Sinus Digest, coverage of DSE, Infocom, and much more. All that and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv.